Welcome back, everybody, to Switch Movies with me and the movie Oracle Ashley. This year, we finally did it, guys. I am not terminally ill, which, oof, this is a good year to not be terminally ill. We are doing a Christmas episode, and I am so excited to hear what Ashley has to say about my Christmas movie because mine came into my life last year and became an instant Christmas classic. And I was really excited to watch Ashley's pick because I tinned on Comedy Central a thousand times, but I'd never sat down to actually watch it. So I'm so glad I finally did. But first, Ashley, how are you doing over there? Other side of the world where it is hot Christmas. Well, fortunately, it's uh, kind of cold and wet today, so I can wow. wear a Christmas sweater and I'm not going to absolutely <laughs> die, you know, pull a Wicked Witch of the West. I'm melting. You know, mm. that's not happening. So I'm okay. Things are good. I'm not actually feeling very festive this year. I don't know. Is it the 2020 thing or is it something It's the 2020 thing. It's been tough, you know, like, and these are such champagne problems. I realize people are having actual hardships out there. But let me mourn the death of my holiday spirit a little bit this year. Like, I'm glad I actually got to go out shopping. Malls are still a little bit open, but, you know, very crowd controlled. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I got to do that because I, I cannot online shop. I, I tried. I really tried. I couldn't do it. And so I went out and I, I splurged all. I was just like <laughs> buying things left and right. I don't know. I'm wrapping presents tonight on stream. I honestly forgot what I bought all the people in my life. I just like bought a bunch of stuff. So it's literally going to be a Christmas morning as I wrap presents. I'm like, oh, I got this for my dad. Cool. Okay, let me wrap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But other than that, you know, I usually go to Disneyland and enjoy that. Like, you know, they their decorations are amazing. Uh, I usually like try and do a Christmas tree lane. And I know there's still like the drive throughs and stuff like that. But there was like 22,000 cases in one day in L.A. sometime either last week or this week. And so I'm just I'm not risking it. I have I haven't even gone grocery shopping and I need groceries so terribly. I need to figure out how to do the the Instacart thing. But, yeah, it's 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 getting pretty bad over here. So I realize, you know, talking about Christmas problems are so unnecessary, but it's my favorite holiday. I I totally understand that. I mean, it's, you know, so many people, especially in your country, well, you know, people who at least care about their fellow men are, you know, not getting to see their families in person for Christmas. And if that's a big part of your Christmas, then obviously your Christmas probably feels very ruined. Actually, all the people that were calling uh, COVID a hoax, they're getting the vaccine first. So, you know, it's totally fine. It's totally fine over here. No, No one's mad about it at all. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to America. <laughs> yeah, things are pretty normal over here for Christmas. I mean, my city is COVID free. Uh, and my state, actually. I literally funny. saw a Twitter video of like, there was like a rave going on somewhere in Australia. It was like this like 2000 person concert and everyone's like dancing and having like... Just... I feel like that Squidward SpongeBob meme where I'm just like looking out the window at Australia parting it up. I'm just like, cool. I don't necessarily agree that, it, you know, we should be immediately like having um, music festivals. I think that's a little bit premature because, you know, it just takes one dumbass. But 
for the most part, things are good. We still are cautious and we're still encouraged to when in a big group, like going to the supermarket or anything like that, we are encouraged to wear masks. So we're still, but outside of that, we don't actually have to and social distancing isn't really that big going on anymore. I mean, every so often a case pops up, but that person is immediately put into quarantine. They're like, nope, no, no, you're yeah. not going near the general population. You go home, home. Yeah. And you stay there. You can come back when you're better. So, I, which I'm fine with. I'm just, you know, then people are like, what? I have to stay in my house for a couple of weeks. I'm like, dude, I haven't left the house and right. I, don't, I, I don't know what outside looks like. The apocalypse it's, could be going on. Like, I mean, I mean, we kind of are in an apocalypse, but I mean, like, we could be in a zombie apocalypse right now and I wouldn't know what's going on. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's funny. Um, World War Z, the book, which you should read, the movie's like, you know, the movie's fine, but it really has nothing to do with the book. Uh, but the book is just like a bunch of different short stories about how they dealt with the apocalypse. And one of them is this like internet guy, and I believe it's Japan, and he's just always online. And he doesn't even realize that like his parents are gone. And then just like one day he turns on his computer and like, you know, the internet's down, all of his online friends are gone. And then he goes outside and realizes what's happening. Like, it's like the craziest thing. And like, that could actually happen. Like that's, I remember reading this book like four or five years ago. I was like, Oh, that that's kind of weird, but I don't think I'm that involved in the internet. And now I'm like, all I'm doing, is I literally have this, this, command station that i stream from and edit from and do shows from I'm like you know it's not that far-fetched <laughs> oh that's such a that's that's awkward and really depressing to me that guy yeah let's go to the christmas movies <laughs> well one thing i want to start off with asking you what are your christmas traditions everybody has their own what are your christmas traditions Mexican food and a Christmas movie on Christmas Eve, which I wish, you know, I get like, you know, the Christmas Day thing, but I wish uh, Soul and Wonder Woman were coming out uh, the 24th because I'm not I'm not staying up till midnight or whenever, you know, on Christmas Day, whenever they get released, because uh, those would be perfect Christmas movies. Um, but yeah, we always go see a Christmas Eve movie. We always go get Mexican food. Uh, and then we always open one gift on Christmas Eve. And it's usually pajamas. Like I'm literally wearing flannel PJs right now that I've gotten on Christmas <laughs> Eve before. Uh, but yeah, so th- those are mine. What are yours? Uh, well, for me, I'm actually seeing Wonder Woman tomorrow. So Oh, nice. Yeah, I have I have like a lot of friends that have seen like press screenings and stuff like that. But yeah for a few days i don't have a press screening luxury it's weird because it says it's like coming out boxing day but there's one advanced screening tomorrow which is the 23rd for me and Mm. then there are all these sessions on christmas day is on uh yeah on christmas eve and then it comes out on boxing day on the 26th i'm like which day does it come out? Because it's like there's a session every day except yeah. Christmas Day because everything's closed, obviously. Well, I remember there was always those Thursday night showings, but there'd be like one at like 10 p.m. Or Well, first it was like midnight showings. I remember going to Revenge of the Sith at midnight, like camping, camping overnight. And then I remember living in L.A. I've been in L.A. for almost a decade now, and there would be occasionally for the really big movies, there'd be one Thursday night showing at like, you know, the big AMC or something. Mm -hmm. And then Thursday night showings became more and more common. And now it's like it's Thursday night is the opening. It's no no movies open 
on Friday anymore. There is like, there's a Thursday, six, seven, eight, 30, nine, 30, 10 o'clock showing. And then it, you know, there's all the Friday showings as well. So I'm not surprised there's a bunch of Christmas Eve stuff because it say it comes out Christmas. It's coming out Christmas Eve because it literally says, Oh, it's coming out the 15th. That means it's coming out the 14th at, you know, <laughs> 7 PM. That's so complicated. Um, yeah, I think me and my family, we are more, uh, we celebrate more on Christmas Eve than we do on okay. Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas Eve, my brother comes over, I live with my mom and my brother comes over and we will have um, some drinks and we'll eat. And then at 7.30, 8 o'clock, we watch Carols by Candlelight on the TV, which is a, um, it's a Christmas carol concert that is uh, broadcast on TV every year. So it's been going on for God knows how many decades. And that's uh, filmed at the Sydney Maya Music Bowl, which is in the city. And I have been there. It's a very lovely venue there. Very nice. Very good acoustic. Very nice. Um, actually, I went last time I was there was to see uh, Disney Under the Stars, which was uh, performers singing uh, Disney songs, which was uh, very my thing. Um, and we do that. And uh, usually there's, yeah, there's more drinking than eating involved. So fair. So that's fun. There's also a lot of fighting involved. That's not fun. Uh, and then Christmas Day, uh, we do the dreading bitching for the entire morning as we plan to go to my sister's house for Christmas. And we're all like, okay, which one of us is going to break our legs so we don't have to go? Oh, um, wow. Yeah. we Like, I love, I, I absolutely adore my nieces and I love going to see them. But uh, it's not fun being there with her in-laws they're not married but we call them in-laws um okay. because i don't like them at all and they are not nice to me and we just feel very uncomfortable and kind of uh secluded there like like you know how they say like traditionally if you go to like a family gathering there's like the kitty table and then the adult table well yeah. it's kind of like the my family table me my mom my brother and then everybody else <laughs> So Got we're kind of <laughs> segregated and then I'm kind of left on babysitting duty because the parents just like, oh no, I don't have to watch my child. Oh, my child is walking on a playset and could fall and crack a skull. Nah, I'm not going to watch them. That's fine. Like, okay, I guess I'll just stay on a state of anxiety going, no, don't, don't, I don't think you should do that. No, they won't get down off their play equipment because there's something sharp underneath and I think you're going to like cut your head off. Um, and then, of course, my favorite part is when I get to go home. But So now I understand your Christmas movie pick. <laughs> you got it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's actually a lot of why I, I, I love this movie. Um, but we're not going to start off with my movie. We're going to start off with your movie. Just in case I end up breaking into tears, I'd like to rectify that by, watching, by talking about something that's going to make me laugh afterwards. So... Ben, how about you tell the lovely folks of podcast land and YouTube land, what movie did you pick for me? I picked the Netflix original Klaus, and it stars Jason Schwartzman, J.K. Simmons, Rashida Jones, uh, and it's this animated movie about a postal service worker that is the son of the Grand Postmaster General. This man literally invented the post office, and he is just kind of shirking all his responsibility. He's very silver-spooned, and he doesn't want to do anything. He just wants to be rich, live the lavish lifestyle, but his dad is not about that. 
So he sends him to Smearinsburg, which is this remote island town with two warring families, which what are the family's names? I can't I'll forget what the family's names are. Um, hold on. Yeah, they were obscure names. Uh, okay, and it's um, it's the Ellingbows and the Crumbs, and they are literally like uh the Hatfields and the McCoys. Yeah. It's you know the Capulets uh versus the Montagues. They are just warring families that go. They literally show caveman paintings that they've been <laughs> fighting for this long, which is uh, hilarious. And he has to send, I think it's six thousand letters in a year. And obviously no one uses the post office because there's no one to send letters with. And I remember watching this and I was like, what is this movie about? How is this a Christmas movie? And slowly but surely he, he meets, you know, this woodsman that has a bunch of toys in his shed. And he's like, well, if you write a letter, you'll get a free toy. And so he'll like, he's like conning these kids into writing letters just so he can do this. And slowly but surely you get this, santa claus origin story and i like i honestly don't even want to say that much because it was such a joy for me to be surprised by this film but it's just so warm and like everything about this movie i was not ready like i remember putting this movie on as i was crawling into bed i watched it the first time on my tablet and i was like okay you know i heard good things about klaus let me watch this and I remember just like crying. I was like, oh, what is this movie doing to me? And it immediately became a Christmas classic. But I'm so excited to hear. Ashley, what did you think of Klaus? Uh, at the end of the last episode, you said that you wanted me to watch this because it's such a wholesome movie. I think that that is a very accurate word to describe this. It is very <laughs> wholesome. But of course, I feel I was deceived you said, this is such a feel-good film. Really? Why was I sobbing uncontrollably and feeling depressed <laughs> at the end of the film? I did depressed? not- Depressed? I felt depressed. No! Because it's not that happy of an ending, in my opinion, considering what so happens happy. to- Consi- Okay, first of all, that we've got Klaus, who basically becomes- Santa Claus that's not really hard to put two or two together given his name but he tells the story of his wife who died and I was like this is really sad and I'm like like I thought this was meant to make me feel good I'm like now I just feel miserable even though like before he tells the story you already know that's what's happened that's pretty clear and then moving on through the rest of the film and we get to the end and and he's getting older and then it's just like yeah and then this is what happens to him and i am i just that point i lose it i'm like i and by the end that last line of the movie (gasps) where he says once every year i get to see my friend it's so good oh my gosh like yes i don't know it just made me so happy because they they like filled this whole that they had in their heart. Like he had this giant hole in his heart from his wife dying. And then, you know, obviously uh, Jason Schwartzman, who's what's his character. Uh, Jesper. It's just like, he's just a bad person. Like he's really just like a terrible person. And so he just, he finds his true calling in this. And like, he's only supposed to be in Smearinsburg for a year. And then he thinks he's, Oh, even when he's getting close and then just 
for me, it's the little girl sled part that that made me just the music cue. And then that little girl. Oh, my gosh. Like that. that's because last year was when, you know, Mandalorian came out. And, you know, Baby Yoda swept the country. I will rival this girl with cute oh. the Baby Yoda. She and just like the like her foreign language that she speaks is so cute. Just everything about it. And then when uh, her parents give him the Santa suit, just everything, it falls. It's so natural because we all know the Santa stuff. Oh, he he knows. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He's checking the list, checking it twice. Going to find out it like. And so when like the, the bully kid is like, hey, I sent a letter and I didn't get a toy. He's like, yeah, because he knows. He's like, how does he know? He's like, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows everything. And if you're bad, all you get is cold. It's like. It's, it's just so, and you're like, oh my gosh, the way they piece together all the Santa lore, you know, where this, uh, the wheels fall off the wagon and it becomes a sleigh where the horse can't pull, like, you know, their horse or donkey can't pull. So they like wrangle up some reindeer. It's so good. And like how they fly off the mountain. He's like, oh, they thought I was flying. Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, you know, like that one, you and it's animated, so you know, you, you stretch the imagination like a little bit and you're okay with it. Um, but just like the first time the kid gets the toy and he like goes on the other side of like the Elling Bow fence, and it's like, oh, and then the kids play together. Oh, just everything about this movie just sings, it just sings. It, it is, I can't deny it's a beautiful film, but damn, yeah, like, I did, it didn't break the waterline, but tears are coming <laughs> in my eyes, and I'm like, didn't break it, didn't break, we're good, we're good. Uh, so yeah, this is probably going to be, if it peeps up like this, this is going to be the first podcast where Ben's movie pick is going to make me cry on camera, thanks <laughs> a lot. Um, I literally had to apply eye cream after watching this, I'm like, I have to get up in four and a half hours to record this podcast, I am not doing it with terrible looking (laughs) eyes, they're just looking like I've been, you know, mourning someone dying. Um, I think that it's, it like you say, it does stick to a lot of the lore that we have uh, come to know about Santa Claus, but it's because it's a telling of how that law came to be. It's a completely uh, new origin story for Santa that just, it makes it so, the everything about Santa all the richer because we're saying that it's rooted in something that is real. It's not magic. It's not fiction. It's just, you know, a kind-hearted man who was doing good things and then of course a person who was a wretched hearted man yeah who kind of he's almost kind of like the Grinch you know and by the end of it you know his heart has grown and you know he loves everybody and he wants to help everybody and there's there's so much uh beauty in the story and I love the animation the fine details oh, the I think so, so great good. I love that it's partly we have Jesper who's kind of creating the Santa mythology which is more so a way to like scam the kids yeah and And that's so it's so good like with just like oh like if you write a letter to 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 Santa you know if you write a letter you get a toy and it just becomes that it's oh I love it it's like I think that might be one of my favorite moments is like him telling the bully kids like yeah well he He's watching you all the time. And if you're bad, all you get is cold. It's like, oh, it's it, like he had no idea 
what he was doing would change the entire town, but seeing him change the entire town, like, and I, I remember watching this this year, like I watched it like the day after Thanksgiving. Cause I was so ready for Christmas. And I was like, I'm starting my Christmas movies with this <laughs> and all the pranks the kid would pull like on and how like, just like shooting cannons at each other point blank. And then how they, they change and just like this. And he had, he doesn't care. I just love it. It's like, he doesn't even notice it until like it was Rashida Jones where like, Oh, you know, like you don't know how to write, go, go learn. There's a teacher over there, go learn. And you know, he, he like turns that around and she becomes the teacher that she was meant to be instead of, you know, selling fish. Uh, there are so many kind of lines in this film that usually, you know, for any film, they create a tagline for a film. You could quote almost any line from this film and it can be used as the tagline for this film. Like, I think probably my favorite quote is um, one act of goodwill sparks another. I think that that's beautiful. I'm like, that's a tagline right there. I will mm-hmm. take that. I will slap it on a T-shirt. I'll put it on my DVD covers. I'll, I'll run with that. And it's true. And I kind of, I really love how this, it, we kind of show like the depths of the stupidity and the ridiculousness of this feud that's going on in this little town to the point that, you know, this little boy, you know, bonds with this little girl over this toy. He's just gotten the, they're not thinking about a feud because they're kids and they're just like, cool, yeah. fun toy. And then the adults are like, no, you can't. And the kid asks the most, basic question in the world why like why can't i be friends yeah. with this girl and they couldn't give him an actual yeah, it answer was, yeah their answer was because we've always done that like you know and they show him like you know the caveman paintings and stuff like that it's like that's not an answer like you're just saying don't do it because that's the way it's been done like and it's so good because you see that from the eyes of a kid where it's like they don't care like they're just enjoying this toy it's oh, I love it. I love everything about this movie. And I like I'm I don't know how Netflix does uh, their digital stuff, but I, I want a Blu-ray so bad because I never know when Netflix is going to take because I can't not watch this movie every year. It's so wholesome. It's so heartwarming. And I think my heart there, could take it. Uh, it there's just <laughs> there's just enough Christmas magic with like the spirit of his wife. And then when, you know, he like. <sighs> in that last moment where he's like, it's time to go. And then he said like that last line, cause there's so many moments that choke me up. And then that last line where he's putting his kids, Jesper's putting his kids to bed and you're like, well, what's going to happen? And then you hear the, the sleigh bells and then you hear him laugh. And I love JK Simmons, Santa laugh, JK Simmons, Santa laugh that like, it's so sparing. It's like that one time he's like, what was that? And then he's like, it was nothing. There's nothing. And it's so good. And then just like, just once a year, I get to see my friend. Oh, and then credits. And you're like, ah, it's so good. I think hate you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I'm crying. (laughs) I'm not meant to cry. Oh, Damn it. I'm just like, nah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I I genuinely, I maybe it's just because you're not actually here, but I don't cry in front of people ever. <laughs> I'm kind of incapable of doing, I'll sob till the end of time if I'm by myself, but I kind of have a switch in my brain that prevents me from crying in front of people as a, as a thing to do with my anxiety, but because you're technically on a freaking computer. Oh, son of a bitch. Nice little loophole. 
damn it, I don't like this loophole. Uh, oh, no, I'm not going to look. This is not pretty. Um, it is It is a, a beautiful film. I think also the music of, for this film and the songs that they have on it, it's just like I'm crying listening to them, but at the same time I'm like, I really want to go get the soundtrack now, but it's I'm so probably going to cry as I listen to it. <laughs> this thing is like, you know, like it, it takes a lot for a movie to become a Christmas classic for me. Like, you know, Christmas Chronicles came out and I love Kurt Russell as Santa. He's so energetic and he's just like giving it 110%. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, you know, if my family wants to watch that movie or I'm like, oh, like, I, you know, Christmas Chronicles 2 came out. I was like, oh, this looks like fun. And it was, it was fun. But this movie is like, it's on that wonderful life level. It's on that Christmas vacation level. It's on that Muppet Christmas Carol level for me. It's, it's that good. There's so many levels, so many different emotions. It goes from being this goofy comedy, you know, the slapstick of like, you know, he's being chased by the dogs and, you know, like falling down roofs and chimneys and stuff to just gut punching you with emotion and i'm just like where did this come like what the heck i i was watching this goofy animated movie why am i weeping at 1 a.m right now (laughs) it it's so true it's there's so many um little moments where i kind of had to start clapping because they were so funny and so unexpected that i'm like what but i was like loving it like how he's how Jesper is basically acting like a crack dealer, but it's for letters, like, going around. He's like, hey, want to write a letter? And I'm like, what yeah, is that? You want a toy? <laughs> Jason, and I, I got to say, like, the, everything about this movie is good, but I can't, like, Jason Schwartzman and J.K. Simmons, like, and then uh, what's the comedian's name? Because he's so good. Uh, Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald gives, like, a surprisingly good performance as the mailman, or, no, as the, as the boat driver. Mm-hmm. He's hilarious, but Jason Schwartzman, as the drug dealer to kids, it's like, hey, you want a toy? You want a toy? You want? You want? Can you know how to write a letter? Oh, you don't? All right, go learn. And it's like he's like just dealing these letters out, and slowly, uh, it's like the most backwards story ever, where this guy comes into town, starts bribing your kids, and somehow makes the whole town better. <laughs> it's it, that's it was the depiction of it that made it so funny because they they flat out were depicting him like a drug dealer like the fact you know the whole opening the carton instead of like you know drugs or gold fake rolexes it's like all paper and pencils like what is happening and even the moment where he tells off the bully and you know is like be good or you're getting cold for christmas he just like struts off with his master pimp walk with his gangster music playing i'm like i have no idea what's happening right now but i freaking love it yeah and, and then i love that the this beautiful way that the feuding between the two parts of the villages uh kind of eases it's it was like a, a, a happy feud it was something i've never seen before where it starts off with you know the kids who yeah it like starts off as maybe they did it for like selfish gain but it had such a good repercussion that it was fine you know they're like oh instead of stealing mrs so-and-so's berries we just plucked them for her and we gave them to her and yeah because like, we just went then she's just like hmm 
fine. If that's how you want to do it, well, then I'm giving you the jam that I made from these things. And then the other one's like, oh, you can do that? Fine. I'm giving you a cake. And I'm like, this is the weirdest view. Yeah. Like, like just- they're still feuding, but like it's through through nice things now. Like they're no longer shooting cannons. They're like doing favorite. Like who can one up with the favorites? Like, oh, you're going to give me a cake? Well, I'm going to fix that hole in the fence that I made with my cannon, <laughs> but uh, deal with that. I know. I'm just like, this is so bizarre i don't think i've ever seen that done which made it so entertaining but added to the wholesomeness of the story that they're so rooted in their feud that even if they want to do something nice it has to have a few touch to yes it. It and, does. Uh, until eventually you know all is well and and good with the world and we still have the the you know the little group who they're just like nah nah we're still not okay with this and yeah and then of course that one that one kind of has like a a very brief like Romeo Juliet nod but it just doesn't yeah. end in suicide which thank goodness for thank that God. where where it's just like might and I'm like of course of course like there was because they like they look so alike and they're kind of always like those two characters were very much like uh, the kids at school who actually like each other but pick on each other because oh, they, like yeah. they very much had that vibe. So I wasn't too surprised when it uh, took the turn that it did, but it was very cute, especially watching their parents go like, no, 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 I don't, no, no, that's not yeah. right. That's not right. That ain't right. No. <laughs> like, it, I thought that that was um, really sweet. It's, there's, so many kind of uh, nods in here to little things. I, I love that it's not just Jesper kind of creating the Santa story. It's partly the kids as well with their mm-hmm. wild imaginations and like the Chinese whispers and like, well, I hear if you do this, he does this. And it's like, I hear he can magically come down your chimney. And they're like, there's Jesper trying to <laughs> down a yeah. chimney unsuccessfully. Yeah. And you know, like the flying sleigh and everything. It's, it's just great. It's it's beautiful. I definitely do not think that I could watch this every year. I do not know how you are doing this. Um, I I no, I can't watch a film that's going to make me sob uncontrollably uh, over and over and over again. That's not that's not part of my Christmas jam. I now, wanna, yeah, I, I got to tell the audience that. Last year, we were. I gave Ashley "It's a Wonderful Life," uh, and that also made her sob uncontrollably. So I'm, I'm technically two for two on my Christmas movies. This bastard just—I <laughs> think he's just been made it his secret goal to make me cry, and oh, he succeeded. It. Actually, a fair few of your films did make me cry. I think I cried with "The Loves and the Real Girl." I'm pretty sure I cried with an American Tale. Um, possibly there and maybe i cried watching mandy because i hated it so much and i was in hell (laughs) but yeah i mean it seems like the films that you really love for christmas have really depressing storylines somewhere in there and i mean christmas movies like even muppet christmas carol christmas carol on its own is a pretty dark story i just like it with muppets (laughs) I I do think the Muppets does uh, make things a little easier. Oh yeah, I remember watching swallow. the George C. Scott one for the first time after you know like ten years of watching Muppets. I was like, "What is happening? No one is singing. This is not happy. Make it stop right now." <laughs> I think um, having a 
Gonzo and Rizzo narrate the story yes. really smooths it out. So even when you see like Scrooge has like a really sad part of his story, which I think his hatred of Christmas was pretty valid. He had a tough life. Um, partly his own fault, but he had yeah. some sad things that kind of led him down that path. But you know, you're in that moment where you could see yourself starting to cry, seeing like, you know, how he spent like every Christmas alone and he had nobody even as a kid. Like that would make me start crying. But then you've got uh, Gonzo and Rizzo falling off a shelf with all these statues just falling on top of them. You're like, ah, good. Comedic relief. Thank you. I need it. It is the American way. <laughs> it is the British way. <laughs> Oh, I love it so much. Um, yeah, I I think uh, this film is great. There was a, an, a quality to the animation that kind of reminded me of um, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, which is one of my absolute favorite Disney movies. And uh, I, immediately I'm going, did they by any chance have similar people involved, even though they're like decades apart, but... Um, obviously not remotely the same stories, not, 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 not no, no, no. but I think that this one is, uh, beautiful. I think there are some aspects that are predictable, but that kind of comes, I think, with any Christmas film in the sense that you kind of know there's always going to be a happy ending and you know that there's always going to be like that one person who kind of is doing something for a bad reason and then they get caught out on what they were doing and then yeah, it all works out. Yeah, there's going to be that, that second to third act, you know, like pushback. There's going to be, yeah. Uh, the, that's the thing. Like you knew he was going to get found out at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, you knew there was going to be pushback. You knew him and Rashida Jones were going to get together. Uh, but just the way they do it is so seamless that I, I forgave all this, like, you know, the cliches, you know, all the Santa cliches, all the Christmas cliches, because it seems like if someone told me that Santa was real and this is how it happened, this is legitimately like a documentary. I'd be like, oh, okay. That's how they started writing letters for toys. And that's how like the reindeer came a thing and flying came a thing and Colby. Oh yeah, th this makes sense. Like this, this like legitimately makes sense to me. And so like, and then there's just the tiniest bit of Christmas magic to just put it over the edge and it's uh, uh, just perfect. So I got to ask, what do you rate this movie out of five? As much as it made me cry on and off camera, I'm giving Klaus five out of five. We did it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> I, I can't give it anything less than that. It's it's emotional, it's moving, and even if, you know, I think it's very sad, that's not a, a con. I can joke about it all day long, but that doesn't make it a bad thing. That just mm -hmm. proves that there was a lot of heart and emotion in this story and that they really made you feel and invest in the characters and everything that happened to them to the point that you're going to cry when you see how things turn out. And I think that it's uh, beautiful. There are some really great lessons in uh, lessons and messages in this film to take on. And one of the things that I think is a huge plus, and I was just talking about this on my other podcast, um, it was basically all anti-Christmas, like things that are wrong with Christmas in general and um, Christmas movies. 
And one thing that I said is maybe one way where people wouldn't feel so alienated who don't celebrate Christmas or don't participate in Christmas um, in watching Christmas movies is if Christmas isn't really the focus, but is the yeah. backdrop. And I think that this film it would be great for any person who doesn't celebrate for either personal or religious reasons. I think this is a great film that they could watch and really enjoy because yeah. It does not feel like a Christmas movie. It is essentially a Christmas um, and Santa origin story, but because technically in this world, those things like didn't really exist. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like they're throwing Christmas in your face. It just feels like you're going through and yeah, maybe someone's doing something for selfish reasons, but there is that kind of selflessness feel to it and just like, people doing silly things that turn into good things. Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't feel overtly Christmas. So I think that this is a great film that any person could watch and cry or not cry to. So yeah. The, so yeah, I, I think it's I a honestly, brilliant film. I wholeheartedly agree. Like even if you just take the, you know, one good deed uh, turns into another and like leads to another, like you would just take that lesson from it and how the town completely just like reinvents itself through these like begrudging good deeds that they're uh, like first off doing. And then it just becomes more and more and more like you can take the Santa origin story as like a backdrop to that. And it's really good. And I also, I give this a five out of five. This, like I said, Christmas classic, instant Christmas classic for me. It will be on my replays as long as Netflix has it. And whenever I can get a hard copy, I will. And it's it's up there. It's it's like there we always did like a Christmas movie a day after Thanksgiving when I was younger. You know, as I got older, went off to college, we like narrowed it down to like, hey, we have to watch these five as a family. Mm-hmm. And now Klaus is part of that. Like I have to watch this movie. It's become a must watch in like, and I did not expect that. And in just one year, it has become that movie. And I, I love it so much. Well, I can't blame you for that. It was a beautiful film. I can also see why it was, it was, it didn't win, but I believe it was nominated um, for the Academy Award was, yes, it was nominated as best animated feature. And I can totally see why that was the case. It, the, uh, beautiful story voice acting totally on point and the animation is spot on so i was rooting for it so hard <laughs> well it won in your heart and that it is did that right here that's where it won. <laughs> well that leads us into something a bit more upbeat no crying will take place now i'm in the clear yes uh, where we get to talk about my film, keeping very much in the vein of every other episode where Ben picks something modern and I pick something old. <laughs> I think the I think the only time Ben has picked something older was an American tale. Yes. I think that that was it. So my film choice uh, was 1994's The Ref, also known as Hostile Hostages, depending on what country you're in. I'm pretty sure it was The Ref in Australia as well. Which, star, uh, which is directed by uh, Ted Demi and is starring uh, Dennis Leary, Judy Davis and Kevin Spacey. Probably won't say his name too much in this episode. Uh, but <laughs> but it's, it's a story about this uh, cat burglar. He robs a house and he's on the run in this little Connecticut town. 
and he happens to be hiding out with the most dysfunctional couple he could have possibly come across, which then turns into the most dysfunctional family he's ever come across. And uh, yeah, hilarity and ridiculousness in Sue. This is one of my top 10 favorite Christmas films of all time. Wow. It, is, it is a go-to every year for me. Um, and I just love the hell out of it. Ben, now that you've finally seen this film, what'd you think of it? Um, this is another one that's just kind of there for me. It 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 felt like it was missing so much to me. Like I I was lo- like when the I love the premise. The premise is great. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, you have this dysfunctional couple and this thief comes in and, you know, like holds them hostage. And I thought like, you know, when he pretended to be Dr. Wong, I thought that they were going to go deeper into that. Like he really was going to, cause especially cause it's Dennis Leary and like his comedy is like, you know, very soapbox comedy where he just goes on his rants and rants and rants. And I think he does that like once or twice in this movie, but I don't know. I just, I just wanted more from it. It, it, it ended so suddenly. It was such a strange ending to me where, you know, the police are knocking like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Go out of the woods. Okay, bye. I was like, oh, we're done? Okay. Like, they they never show the rest of the family again. Uh, Like, you don't really get any closure with the couple or with the kid. And I don't know. I didn't not like it, but it wasn't that funny to me. And also, no one is likable. Oh, my God. You hate everybody in this movie. (laughs) And it's just like... I, and that's the thing is that I wanted more catharsis with like either them fixing their marriage or them like realizing they're going to break up. And I didn't really understand which they were going for because they say like, okay, we're getting a divorce. And then they're like on the same page at the end of the movie. I'm just like, which are, are they, are they divorcing? Are they staying together? What's going on with the kid? What's happening with the mom and the rest of the family? Um, I don't know. There are moments that like it was leading to something. And then like the whole police chief thing, that was like a weird side story that didn't go anywhere. I don't know. There's like, there's a lot that was happening that I felt like the movie ended so suddenly. I was like, I didn't get closure on a lot of things. I've, I, I, fair enough. I mean, I think that especially in the nineties or anything that's older, I think that there's everything just has, uh, has a subtlety to it. And I think these days were a lot more direct. And since I spend so much time around the subtlety that I, it's fine with me. It, it, you know, everything I get, I pick up on. And being that as you clicked earlier on, uh, I have quite the dysfunctional family myself. This film speaks volumes to me. Um, It's, hilarious how this couple is so consumed with fighting with each other and disagreeing and not getting along that even while they're being held hostage they can't stop fighting they can't stop it's so that that is like a part that i initially enjoyed but it's also like would that actually have like it's just like the arguments weren't funny. Like if you're going to make it like, if you're going to do that, I love the aspect of that. Where like, you know, Dennis Slayer is like, Oh my God, I kidnapped my parents. Like I <laughs> love that that line was hilarious. But after that, like the comedy just wasn't there for me with the arguments. Like the, the insults were just so cutting and deep. I was like, Oh, it's like, Oh, 
Well, this film isn't a flat out comedy. It's a black comedy and black yeah. comedy is it's naturally on the cusp of funny and dark. And you some place you like you want to laugh and you're like, oh, that where did that go? Whereas that is very much my thing. And uh, to the point where, yeah, I was loving Dennis Leary because it's like it literally took a guy putting a gun to their head to actually be open and honest with each other and really like say what they're thinking and feeling. And uh, to the point where, you know, Kevin Spacey's character, he is completely, you know, kind of still withheld. Like he has his burst every now and then, but he's really not getting to the crux of what his issues are. Whereas his wife, she's, completely open to venting but she doesn't see where her fault is in Mm -hmm. the marriage and when Kevin Spacey finally blows up because his family is being uh, very open and honest and to the point where he's beaten up the Christmas tree which I loved um uh and he just finally is honest so even if it's just like saying, no, you've remembered things completely wrong. That's not what happened. This is what happened. And she listens because it kind of seems like she really just wanted him to say exactly what he was feeling. And he never did. And because he did, she finally was like, hang on, I recognize this man. I think this is the man that I married. And mm-hmm. there were just tiny little moments throughout the film where I thought, it was kind of clear where someone f- kind of saw the light, so to speak, because it's in a black comedy. You can't have that, you know, overtly uh, Christmas thing where it's like, you know, the light comes down from the heavens and we have that aha moment. Like, we're not going to have that in this film. Um, like, uh, like, for example, a very subtle moment is we've just had Kevin Spacey say that the issue with his uh, wife, played by Judy Davis, that her issue is her indecisiveness that Mm. she leaves everything to him and she doesn't take any responsibility with herself and what she wants and to that moment near the end where she's talking to her son and the son's like wait you're getting a divorce and she's like well I don't know what your father wants and the son just being the son he's like but what do you want and that kind of was that one moment she's like she kind of it clicked for her where she's like Mm. oh I do do that and she's like what do I want because she never really knows but I I live for him uh, Dennis Leary in so many moments where it's you know even if it's just something as stupid as uh, them fighting over uh, the stop sign to the point yeah. where he has to knock them on their asses and he's just like, did you say that you were going to quit smoking? Yes, I did. Did you say the stuff? Like, yes, I did. It's like, so you're both liars and you both suck. There you go. Merry Christmas. Yeah. I I love that. And I think by the time, like it kind of, it kind of up to a point, it does feel a bit repetitive until the in-laws get there. And then all hell breaks loose and you're like, wow, no wonder these couple have an issue. That mother is a bitch. Oh, man, she's a bitch on wheels. No, I, I, oh, hang on. I will. Hang on. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. The, the, no, never mind. I'm never going to remember. It, it was a grandma. Was it Rose? I'm trying to remember uh, the grandma's name. Uh, anyway, uh, Linus Jones, was it? 
Um, yes. Right. Yeah. Glennis Jones, who um, the only thing that I'd remember seeing her as in uh, was um, Mary Poppins. She was Mrs. Banks um, all the way back in the day. So it's so oh, weird. She's the, she's the grandma from Superstar. That's what I know her as. <laughs> and she, that was her last movie, too. Oh, I it's it's I funny. She doesn't say uh, that she passed away, so she might still be kicking. Good for her. If she is. Yeah. Um, She'd be 97. Growing up watching her as Mrs. Banks and, you know, kind of this lovely bit airheaded woman who's, you know, joining the suffragettes and fighting for women's right to vote and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff in Mary Poppins. <laughs> then you get to this film and it's like, oh. Oh my gosh. She's just horrible to she's everybody. Awful. Like, she's not the grandma you like. So I love that moment with Christine Baranski, who I absolutely adore. And I love her in any Christmas film she's in or anything she's in in general. And um, to the point, Dennis Leary's got a gun to grandma's head. And he's like, I will shoot her. And she's just like, shoot her. Like, yeah. <laughs> by all means, we really don't mind. I think. It's funny how, as I've grown up, I relate to different characters in this film. Like, uh, when I was younger, I was very much the children who, they're, like, living for the fighting. They're oh, not, they, that's the only reason they want to go. They, I freaking loved it. And I think that that was very much me. If ever there was a fight at a family gathering, I never felt, like, awkward or anything. It was very much like a grab me the popcorn gift where I'm just like, this, this is interesting. Yeah. Like, what will happen next? And the kids were very much that where they're just like, oh my God, did you hear what they said? And they're just loving it. And I actually think that that's to a degree, not for everybody, but to a degree, I think it's a little bit honest and not something that's depicted much. They kind of almost all films love to show, like, if there's a family fight going on, the kids are all, no, stop fighting, and all that stuff. And that's never been my personal experience. And I think for some people, you kind of grow up around it, but you know there's, like, it, it's never going to turn to, like, a fist fight. It's just screaming and yelling and stuff. So you get used to it to a point where you can make it your own form of, like, sport and entertainment, yeah. placing bets. But then as I've grown up, and I've become the adult who's now in the fights, I'm kind of now on the other side. I'm like, I relate to both sides. I I, I actually find this film very cathartic because, because I don't get in any of these times. I don't get to tell my family members what I really think. And I'm like, you're lucky bastards. <laughs> I'm like, I want to go and get a hot poker and beat up the Christmas tree, but I'm the one who decorates it. So I wouldn't actually do that. Cause that would be yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I agree with you now that you've pointed it out. I agree with the whole police storyline. Um, I think it's, it's weird how they're all depicted as bumbling idiots. Um, it's not really necessary. It doesn't really add anything to it this uh the chief who obviously he hates this little town he hates working here he hates kind of being under the control of all the people who are like oh i have a problem that's fine i'll just contact the mayor and yeah 
I thought like his storyline was going to be like him catching Dennis Leary and then letting him go to stick it to all the rich uh, yuppies. Like I thought that was going to like where he was going to take it into his own hands. And then, you know, he was going to catch Dennis Leary like the last second and be like, dude, I just got fired as chief. Just go like here. Here's uh here's the security codes for the other people's houses. Go rob them on your way out or something. I thought that was going to be it. And then, you know, the, the drunk Santa thing as well. I was like, what? what's what's that and then like you know they give they give dennis leary the santa outfit and then they don't do anything with it i was like what is what is happening like why it was there was just like a lot of random things that didn't go anywhere and i feel like you just described every 90s movie it's very it was very 90s and i and i took that into into consideration while watching this like because you know the humor is very 90s the -hmm. settings very 90s like what uh you know the police chief calls the dogs uh is very very 90s um uh but um there were like parts that i really did like about this film uh like i i do like dennis leary's character i just like it's called the ref and so you think there's going to be i wanted more marriage counseling from him you know like when he pushes the chairs over and he goes did you do this did you do this cool you're both liars i wanted more of that like i wanted him directly and you know like when he tells the kid he's like dude that sucks but so does life like that, that's life. Like life is mm-hmm. going to be unfair. Wake up. You still live in a nice house with two parents in a great neighborhood. Like you still have it pretty easy. So if you're this smart to blackmail your, your commanding officer, then you're going to be just fine. And mm-hmm. then what a weird cameo by JK Simmons. Um, oh my God. That's both films. Unintentionally. Yeah, right? Unintentionally. <laughs> Doing that first was Isabella Rossellini in a random thing, and now it's J.K. Simmons. How did we do that? What did that? It happens. But like there, so there are things that I like. It was just like a, a, a touch or two here and there, uh, like would have made this a lot better. And sometimes, you know, it, when it comes to the catharsis that you feel in this movie, like I just didn't feel that, and that's totally okay because we both have different life experiences. And the same thing when it comes to the humor, where humor is very subjective. Uh, I missed a lot of the humor and it was a little too dark of a dark comedy for me where I was like, just break up. Like, (laughs) Oh my God, just stop. Like this is, I like the fact that they subject themselves to a family Christmas every year is the most unbelievable. I'm like, who, who's driving? Who's like, who's doing them this to themselves every single year? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, that, that that's so so funny because it was like <laughs> there were like memes going around this this year. It was like every year you guys have been making excuses to not see your family. Then the one year you're not supposed mm-hmm. to see your family because of COVID, mm-hmm. you can't stop. It's like so. I mean, I I say that who would do that to themselves? But apparently everybody wants to do that to themselves. It becomes a force of habit. I mean, it's it, it's crazy. And again, like I said, I was just talking about you know it, it, you know. Christmas kind of alienating a lot of people in my other podcast and the fact that Christine Baranski is you know screaming about what is Christmas and Christmas is you're good in this and if you're not you're gonna go burn in hell and I'm like yep that sounds about right with how people are with Christmas these days if you don't do it a certain way yep you're the spawn of Satan and you go in hell and then, of course, uh, I had to throw in at least one jab to the Republicans where they're going, who who arrests someone and then just releases them. And the daughter's like, Republicans? And I'm just like, oh. 
well done. But yeah, I can, I totally see what you're saying. If I probably watched this for the first time, like you um, now, I would probably be looking at those things and being like, that is so random. Why was that there? Because that is something that I would call out in any film that I was watching today. Like Santa appearing at the house once totally makes sense because it just goes into that whole thing of people keep showing up and like having to keep, you know, trying to hide the bad guy while trying to coordinate everybody keep popping into the house. That makes sense. Why we had to keep seeing him and then watching him get drunk and screaming at little kids. I don't know if that's a bit random. It seems like a far way to go just for the purpose of the robber getting to steal his Santa suit to use it as a disguise so the police don't recognize him. I mean, at surely there was another way to get there without. Yeah. Like they, they tell him to like take the path down the woods, but their plan, like they never, they never like go past the doorstep of the house. Cause like, you know, they're like sitting right there on the stairs. I'm like, Oh, you could have just had him hide. And like, they don't search the house or anything. Like that was a good plan. And then, Oh, I just thought of something else. Um, uh, no, I don't know. But uh, like again, there are like morsels of this movie that I did like. It just it was it's very '90s, and so it's like, oh man, like this just like it just ended so suddenly. I was expecting more, like them to either chase him down and it'd be like this photo finish to get to the boat, or like his part, like how his partner like uh, goes to the boat and is like, oh, what are you doing here? Uh, is that your boat? And then they cut, and then it's like. Yeah, he got the boat. I guess they're friends now. And it's like, oh, it needs a little work. And then he gets to the boat and it just works fine. Like, oh, I don't so I don't know what was going on. Yeah, I, I get that. I I kind of like the ending. It um, just because we see like a husband and wife finally kind of working in tandem for the first time. They're like they're unified, they have a plan, they're gonna help this guy, which is, you know, very much Stockholm syndrome-ish going yeah. on here. It's like we have sympathized with our captor. But that's also because I think, you know, for the wife it's just like finally someone tied up and gagged the bitch that I hate. I like you for this. And yes. the other guy is like, yeah, I kind of appreciate this too. Um I love that the kids were totally getting into gagging the well, yeah, you know, like there's the lines like, is there anybody else tied up in the house? And like, no. <laughs> I would totally say the same thing. Even that kid, like that just that moment where it's like, this is how much this is how much tenacity grandma has when the boy comes along and he's just like, grandma's chewing through her restraints. <laughs> it's like, there she's a determined lady. I, I give yes. her that. But I I love all that stuff because it led to them both airing everything out the other family members finally airing it out kind of standing up to what has been like the big bad of the family who really has kind of created a lot of the discourse in the family and them standing up to her and you know being called out on their shit for the first time which for some well-living white people they were probably not used to and it was a dose of reality that they desperately needed um, and then it just ends with the couple who just are like, yeah, we're going to work together and then using their feuding uh, for the power good, you know, instead of evil. It's like, no, we feud. Let's just keep that up because even they're like, would you like us to come down to the station? Nope. We're, nope. we're good. Yeah. 
No, we're, we're good. Thank you so much yeah. for your time. We're leaving now. That's a great that's a great ploy to make sure nobody looks any deeper. Just start arguing. Nobody yeah. wants to deal with you. So, yeah, obviously, uh, some hiccups. Even that moment where the police chief, he's so sick of the rich guy holding over his connections and he's just like, I screwed your wife. <laughs> yeah, like that was his, like, end of his arc i guess is like him i thought and that's why like i wanted him to get back at the the yuppies because like they were so awful about it mm. um but like the rich people kind of won in the end and like they did get him fired and it's like oh god that like i don't know if i like the police chief but i also don't like rich people just wielding their power over a work like a government employee it was like oh okay that's a weird like plot development that his golf buddy actually did help him out and get the police chief fired i was like jesus that sucks maybe that's secretly the message of this film it's not about christmas it's not about family dysfunction it's about rich people versus poor people and uh, status differences yes and, uh, using maybe that's what it is but like i said about klaus this is another film that I think that people, I mean, assuming you end up liking it, this is a film that anybody can watch because Christmas is not the central focus. It mm. takes place at Christmas Eve. They are celebrating Christmas, but it's not about Christmas and it does not dominate the entire story. Even the things that the, the wife does and she's like, we're having a traditional Scandinavian Christmas dinner. I love those hats, those wreath, like good job on the set designer uh, and like the, the costume designer with those hats. Cause those are real candles on their head. <laughs> I know. I was just like, how is wax not dripping onto their scalp? So well done. I, I was I made it like a mental note to like compliment those hats because I want one. I want one of those hats. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want one too. They just look very interesting and and very different. So at the same time, we're showing like a different depiction of Christmas. But like I said, it's just if you're like not into Christmas. Uh, for whatever the reason, this is definitely a film that you can watch and maybe enjoy because you're not going to feel, well, you're not going to feel festive for starters. It, that's not yeah. what this is. But it's it's kind of like just life, you know, random things happening, life happening. It just so happens that it's Christmas time, but that is not the focus. So bracing myself, what do you give the ref? I think I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of five and it's not like a, it's not a mean 2.5, but I just, I just didn't get much from it. I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it. It was just, it was just kind of there. And you know, like if this, this is a very uh, like Netflix, if you haven't watched it, it's, it's worth a watch and you might get what Ashley gets out of it where you get that catharsis. Cause that is your family every holiday, just arguing and arguing and you are that, you know, that that Kevin Spacey character where sometimes you just need to get it out. And uh, but for me, like there just wasn't enough comedy and like the drama didn't work for me. And just like the randomness kept piling up with like the police chief and the Santa Claus and then the J.K. Simmons character. I was like, they keep adding these like sprinkles of things and they're just like not closing these loops. And one or two I can handle, but there's like four or five in this movie. Uh, but yeah, like, it's not like a harsh 2.5 out of five. It's just like a meh, but probably not something you'd see yourself watching again. 
No, I mean, I, I've got the file. Uh, I've, I've got the movie here now, but it, I just don't see myself revisiting it. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, this, like I said, this is part of my yearly rotation. I, it's, it's very rare that I watch a film and be like, yeah, I'm going to watch this every single year. As, as I mentioned in our last podcast, the only, the last film that I added was the Christmas Chronicles. And I'm just like, it's so feel good and Mm -hmm. beautiful. And I love this. I'm definitely watching it every year. And now I get a sequel. (laughs) Yay, more. But before that, there was nothing since um, Jim Carrey's uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mm -hmm. It was very rare. So I think a lot of my Christmas movies come from the 90s, which is fine, which is, I guess, that's kind of like, in a way, through films, recapturing my childhood and childhood Christmas. I mean, I still have all the films that I love to watch. I I like watching the, obviously, Muppets Christmas Carol. Yay. Um, uh, sometimes I will go and watch um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, that one I alternate each year, but it's definitely one you can keep revisiting. See, that's the thing is that I grew up with Christmas Vacation and that's a dysfunctional, you know, movie. Uh, that's a dysfunctional family too, but it works for me. And I know there's one that it's not a, it's not a, a must watch, but I like Four Christmases. And anytime I bring that movie up, like, I think I'm the only person that likes it. And that's the same thing with the ref where they're going to four different families that all hate each other. And I find funny moments in that. And I like Reese Witherspoon in that movie. So it's so subjective when it comes to like what works for these Christmas comedies and these dysfunctional family comedies. Uh, so I, I totally understand why you like this movie. It just didn't do much for me, but again, maybe if I grew up with it, like you did, it would be different. Starting to think all my Christmas films that I love involve dysfunctional people or families. I think most Christmas movies <laughs> do. like oh, Christmas <laughs> vacation, uh, even Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, a Christmas story, uh, <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas, for sure. Um, what else is there? Klaus, that we just mentioned. Uh, Christmas Chronicles. Uh, I'm trying to think of... A, now. I can't, of course, now I can't think of Christmas movies. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, absolutely. Um, White Christmas. very like Definitely some dysfunctional families in White Christmas. Home so, yeah. Alone. Home Alone, absolutely. How oh my many God. times can you neglect your child? <laughs> Bro, Uncle, uh, is it Uncle Ed in that movie? Oh my oh, he's gosh. An ass. I, 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 I know Kevin's a little shit, but I swear if anybody ever talked to my kid like that, it, I don't care if it's my brother, he is getting decked on the fucking Christmas sink, dude. Like, I'm just uppercutting him into the presence. Like, you don't talk to my kid. Look what you did, you little jerk. Wham, done. Yeah, I, I, I love Home Alone 1 and 2. Like, I think at times I love Home Alone 2 a little bit more, but usually they're basically neck and neck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand, like, Kevin does some bad things every now and then, but I feel like it's just in response to the fact people really treat him shitty. Like, And he's also a child. <laughs> That is true. I always say that about my nieces when my, you know, sister will be like, oh, you know, they're screaming, running around. Mean, I'm like, you mean being kids? Because yeah. that's what they are. Um, and I'm like, you don't, do you understand this concept? Oh, I guess you just forgot what it was like. Maybe you skipped over those years. They never actually happened to you. You just went from birth to 30. <laughs> but, you know, he's, everything I think is in with a realm of reason, you know. 
he's he's gets he gets in trouble I'm, I'm, i know we're totally off topic here but we're still christmas movies so it counts but ha- home alone 2 kevin gets into trouble for ruining the school play and shoving his brother who started that it was his brother not him his brother was pulling a prank and embarrassing him in front of the entire school uncles laughing instead of going oh this is inappropriate and everybody just descends on him like well you did this and i'm like nobody was stopping this nobody was calling a timeout and like this is not okay he was just like defending himself he didn't mean to knock everybody off the pedestal and knock over the piano player that was an accident but nobody you know and then buzz like i'm sorry and they're like Yes, that was a very lovely podium. And I'm, I'm like with Kevin. I'm like, you bought that shit? Yeah. I mean, Christmas films are great. I always say for me that my criteria for a Christmas movie is be festive and make me feel good. If you do those two things, I'm a happy camper. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And, you know, like uh, like breaking down Christmas movies, like seeing how like dark they truly are is a fun thing. But it, it, it's such a different genre where it either works or it doesn't. And there's really no explanation of why a Christmas movie is a classic for you and cl- not, you know, a, a one timer for somebody else that they're never going to revisit. It's just something in your in your gut. It's just a gut feeling when you react to a Christmas movie. So hopefully one of these two uh, Christmas movies becomes a classic for you guys. I have to ask, is there a Christmas movie that you hate or at the very least just really don't like? A Christmas movie that I hate. Mm. Um, like There's a legitimate, a- like, you know, like, because I can stand like the Hallmark Christmas movies. Like those are just harmless to me. Yeah. Uh, let me let me Google just Christmas movies so I can just see some. Um, Happiest Season. Uh office christmas party i didn't see the new black christmas um uh, God, there's like three or four to watch yeah i never watched bad mom's christmas but i did not like bad moms so i i have no plans to watch that i haven't actually seen bad moms but i did see bad mom's christmas and i actually kind of liked it but again christine baranskin i do love her and then yeah. susan sarandon that was just fun so um, I'm trying to think. I'm Again, not a big fan family of, uh, dysfunction, so maybe that's why I liked it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Uh, <gasps> I don't hate it, but I don't. I haven't seen it in years, and I I don't want to see it. Uh, but movies that I hate, like I'm just I'm looking at Google right now. I I haven't seen anything uh, of like something that I despise. Ooh, by the Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, that's that's another one that. I love, I love the new, the newer with Richard Attenborough and the girl from Matilda. That's a solid one. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think I finally watched the original a year or two ago, and yeah, I actually love the remake so much. It's one of the rare times where I think the mm-hmm. remake was actually better. The sign language scene, oh my god, it tears every time, every time. That's inclusivity for you. That's a good Santa. That's um, a good Santa right there. I'm looking. Oh my gosh, this list has Muppet Christmas Carol at number 43 out of 60. How very dare you, sir? <laughs> I am inclined to agree. That is not okay. As long as Polar Express is not before it, I'm, I'm okay. I I don't want to say I hate Polar Express, but never again. 
that is a weird ass movie, bro. I think I turned it off 15 minutes in. I, I don't even, blame you. I couldn't finish it. Like I, I, I'd seen when I finally watched it and I'd seen for years where people were like, this is such an amazing Christmas movie. This is one of the best Christmas movies. And then I sat down and watched it. And I'm like, what? And it's... then everybody was praising the animation. I'm like, the animation actually isn't that great. No, the animation doesn't hold up at all. Like it's so weird and off-putting. It was like that and Beowulf came out at the same time and they were there was like the beginning of the, the motion capture and it just it does not work. Any like that movie as a whole just so I think probably Polar Express is probably as close as I'm gonna get to hating a Christmas movie because I'm just like after year because I just saw it last year and so after years and years of it being hyped up and I love the book. The book Polar Express is like a Christmas classic for sure. And so like seeing this book turned into this movie and I was like what is happening the hot chocolate song terrible like the little nerdy kid that's like oh what are you doing why are you over here why are you just like oh <laughs> yeah i think uh, i grew up never hating or disliking a single christmas film and then i became an adult and suddenly i'm starting to find some that i i do not like obviously yeah as i've mentioned i do not like four christmases or as it's also known for holidays um yep i think that was the first christmas film i ever hated because as much as you know there is family dysfunction there i didn't feel like anybody had any redeemable qualities and i couldn't understand why this couple was together and I couldn't, like, even the families, they just didn't feel like families, even with their dysfunction. Everybody just felt like strangers. Mm. It felt very weird and I, very detached. And I, I was not part of me at all. Um, uh, I did watch A Christmas Story for the first time last year. I did not like A Christmas Story at all. And oh, I, wow. did, I know. I was, uh, I, I, I'd heard everybody talking about this for so, so long. I'm like, wow, this has got to be amazing. And then I sit down and watch it. I'm like, what the F is everybody talking about? This one kind of sucks. You're crazy. No, I'm not. For me watching it and then when I posted about it, I felt I felt good when people actually, they're like, oh my God, somebody else dislikes it. And so a lot of people were kind of coming out of the a Christmas story hating closet. Um, good on me. I, I encourage hatred. <laughs> but people like saying, yeah, I agree. My family loves this film and I can't stand watching it every year. So I avoid it. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like a Christmas movie. This just feels like the ultimate film about commercialism. Like you couldn't get more than that. Um, in recent years, uh, a Christmas movie that I watched and absolutely freaking loathed entirely was um, Better Watch Out, which is... I haven't heard of that one. It's a, it's a horror comedy. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's technically more so Australian, but it's a, like an Australian-American film. Um, I don't know why people just, just keep calling it um, Australian. It's technically both. Um it it started off fine and then it went into this weird place and then it's like kind of ripping off home alone like it's actually trying to replicate these um home alone pranks like um with the paint cans yeah and and they're like yeah let's see what happens and this guy's skull gets caved in they're like oh so that's what happens i'm like 
Did I just watch a freaking 12-year-old actually murder somebody? Keep in mind, he's actually deliberately trying to murder people because he's a sociopathic little lunatic. And then he's, like, sexually harassing and assaulting his babysitter. And I'm just like, really? You'll love oh, this film? I think I do remember the trailers <sighs> for this then. It, it's not good. Yes, okay. Yeah, I remember this. Is it this, a Netflix movie? No, but it might be no. on Netflix. Yeah. But, yeah, I, it's a shame because the obviously the kid actor in it, uh, I can't remember his name, but he did a terrific job because I'd also watched him in an Australian film called Jasper Jones and he was terrific. And uh, if you if you ever want recommendations of Australian films, I definitely recommend that one. Oh, that incredible performances and just a very powerful story right there. But so he's got range and he's a good actor, but there's, it's one of those films when you're watching a, essentially a kid being a sadistic little shit and then kind of getting away for away with it for the majority of the film when the whole time you just want to pummel the crap out of him where it's like you're watching this is like in this instance i am okay with child abuse this <laughs> is the one time i give permission somebody beat this kid's ass i love and, it and then it ends and i'm like oh my god is he gonna get away with this because if so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna rage but it it ends kind of on a cliffhanger but you know that uh off screen that kid is fucked and i'm like whoo thank you okay because if he got away with it by the end i'm writing a letter to the studio <laughs> and i'm going off you know I'll, I'll pull a christmas karen yeah but yeah we have uh talked about so many christmas bills i'm just happy we finally did a christmas finally did a christmas and i knew this episode was going to be just like filled with all christmas movies because it's been too, like over a year we didn't get to do one last year so i'm glad we got all the christmas movies in there and i'm excited for next year when we have to scrounge for christmas movies because we've talked about all of our favorites in one podcast that's <laughs> true i mean there isn't always more to talk about. Obviously, we'd have to pick, like, a different Christmas topic if we yeah. do this one next time, which, I don't know, like, Christmas action movies or something or, like yeah, that. Like, is it a Christmas movie, like, you know, like, Die Hard or it Batman is. Return? They are. Do not argue with me. I don't care enough. I don't, like, if you like it, you like it. Die Hard, definitely a Christmas movie. Batman was Batman, Batman Returns Christmas movie. Mom mm. Kiss Goodnight Christmas movie. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've talked about so many different things. And one of the funny things is that this is technically in our regular lineup. This is only episode 12. We did it. We started this in June or July last year. And yet it just so happens it ended up being. That the Christmas episode, which would have like all, which would have not been episode twelve, has ended up being like it's the twelfth month, of it, and it's the twelfth episode. I don't know how it. How did that? Happen? It's just magic. It's Christmas magic. Insert Christmas sparkly noise. Exactly. Um. Yes, I've had a wonderful time as always chatting Christmas movies with Ben. Thank you very much, Ben, for making me cry. On camera, really appreciated that, you bastard. Yes. yes. So glad I made you cry two years in a row with my Christmas picks. Can we not make it a third? 
please. I'll try. <laughs> Is there anything that you've got going on or coming up that you would like to shamelessly plug? Uh, no, not really, actually. Um, I've been doing a lot more stuff on my YouTube channel. So if you guys haven't subscribed there, uh, go subscribe. Been, uh, getting back into movie reviews, getting back into like doing stream highlights and gameplays and stuff. So check it out. Yes, as always, links will be down in the description of either this YouTube video or this podcast. Either way, links, everything is there so that you can check out Ben on all the platforms that he uses. Uh, maybe in 2021, he can cut it down to, you know, just like one or two. But I doubt it. He'll probably take it up to 30. Probably you know? 30. Yeah, probably 30. Yeah, that's 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 going to be the ultimate goal. I myself have nothing to plug. Nothing is going on. You know, I, your movie Oracle has ended. It's over. There's no more of that anymore. So I have nothing to say except for everybody have a happy holidays. If you celebrate Christmas, have a Merry Christmas. If you are in a part of the world that is still battling the COVID, then please be safe. Take care of each yes. other. You know, if you got a use, mask. Yeah, if you got to use the Zoom for Christmas, use it. And just remember, if you have a dysfunctional family like me, this is your best time to not have to yes. deal with them. Embrace it. It may never happen again. Yes. <laughs> Try to be positive. <laughs> yeah, positive spin on a bad situation. But that is it for today's podcast. And we will see you in the next one. We have no idea when that is or when that's happening. But can't wait to have it happen if it does. That sentence didn't really make sense. But it didn't make sense, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> Everybody have a happy Christmas and a happy new year. Bye, guys.